I really don't think he's going to be there for 10, 11, not. or 12. Um, he is not. If either of our teams want to get him, they need to go up and get him. One of our teams might have been able to get him if they just <laughs> stayed where they were. <laughs> yeah, like maybe get the six. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds like versus Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Dude, is gone. Know, if this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. Welcome to episode 54 of Birds vs. Boys. Today is a very, very special edition. It is our draft prospect preview show. We are going to dive deep into eight of our favorite prospects, some of the most elite talent coming into the NFL who will be drafted in two weeks at the NFL draft, which we also have a branded slash birds versus boys live stream event, but I will let Aiden talk to you about that during the technical notes. But Aiden, how are you? I'm doing well. My spirits are up. Anybody who knows me knows I love to talk about this and anticipate how these players will translate from the college game, which I love, to the NFL game, which I love. So watching this film and getting ready for the next step is fantastic. I'm excited for this unique show we have in store. Yeah, when you came up with this idea, I was like, yes, we have to. This is like the mini, mini, mini version of the draft show, which they do. I mean, you and I were both listening this week, and they were easily diving into seventh and sixth round talent um, right off the top of their heads. We will not be doing that tonight. We're going all first round. Listen, we probably could if we wanted to, but yes. I'll, it was fantastic. They, Like you said, they could recite stats about third day guys, but... For us tonight, to get into the technical notes, what makes this is a unique show, we've touched on prospects before, guys that we like, but we are honing our skills. We are talking directly about some specific prospects. It's an all-prospect draft preview show. No guests tonight. What we're going to do, like Kevin said, we've got eight prospects. Break them down one by one. A lot of it is YouTube film. I'm a big YouTube guy. So we'll go through, and each of these players impacts one, if not both, of our teams. So it'll be a few different position groups. A lot of the position groups we share a common need, which worked out well. But that's what we're going to do tonight. Straight NFL draft prospect breakdown Heading two weeks into the NFL draft, we'll be back with guests. But for now, it's just Kevin and I breaking down the top prospects in the NFL draft. You could see drafted at 10 or 12. I'm so excited. Well, you could see drafted at 10 and then sitting there in the Eagles drop back from 12 to 23 for no reason. So 10 or 23. I, I have a prediction and I'm saving it to our very last show before the draft because I know exactly what they're going to do. This is a cliffhanger. Stay, stay tuned. It's the most Eagles. Move I, I don't of all even time. know what he's talking about. So, I haven't told anyone, but I know exactly what the Eagles are going to do. You know, okay. when you're like, you like, you start to realize what, like, what your friends are going to do. Like, when you go out with a friend and like, you know, they're going to pull an Irish goodbye. Yeah, or stuff oh, yeah. like that. 
Yeah. I know the Eagles as my friend, I know what they're going to do in a given situation. Now I've just hung out with them enough. I know what's happening. The Eagles are that friend that like you love to hang out with, but then at the same time, once you're hanging out with them, you're like, God, it's annoying. Yeah. You're like, Oh, why don't we hang out more? And you're like, yeah. Oh, now I remember why. <laughs> this is why we don't hang out. And then Jeff Jalen hurts at 53. And you're like, Oh, I remember why I don't like hanging out with you. But then two weeks later when they call, you're like, yeah, let's go out for drinks. Yeah, you're like, ah, oh, walk it, what could hurt? <laughs> like, oh, okay. We'll take Davion Taylor, who wasn't allowed to play high school football in the third round. Guy has no clue what he's doing, but yeah, sure, why not? I know. This is fun. This is fun. We should do this yeah. more often. I'm 30 years old, and we're just we're gonna go do, you know, Jersey Turnpike shots. Sure, why not? <laughs> Great. That's the friendship with the Philadelphia Eagles. Exactly. All right, enough of that because it's not really the Eagles show. It's not really the Cowboys show. It's for these specific players that could be on our team. Now, we'll give you the names first, just so you're aware. Real uh, quick, we... if I could jump in real quick. Just okay. to give a little producer Vince note. Aiden mentioned a little bit. If you're listening, it's fine, but it's going to be a really visual show. So if you're listening now, I'd recommend going back later and watching on YouTube just because there's going to be a lot of like visual stuff, you know, stuff kind of like this. Okay. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> so I was watching the Eagles and the Braves the other day, and uh, I noticed something. You guys and look a I lot like, like these Freddie two. Freeman. You guys uh, look I'll a lot like it. these two. Royce Hoskins. You kind of do look like Reese Hoskins. I think you're right. I've heard JJ always... Redick like that one better. You got I a haircut like JJ Redick. No. Yeah. Huh. Right. I'll take that's right. all I had. Okay. Thank you, producer. See you guys Vince. Later. See you guys at the back. Vince's nugget. We'll see Everybody. Vince's nugget later tonight. Also, the reason that he popped in two minutes before we started, we did a whole producing meeting before, and two minutes before, Vince goes, "Make sure to remind people that this is going to be visual. We're going to have film playing as you're talking about them. So remind people they can watch on YouTube." I, I thought that was coming up as soon as you said you're a YouTube guy. I was like, oh, okay, perfect transition to no. make sure you follow us on YouTube and make sure to watch this episode on YouTube. Nope. He he told me. He told me to say YouTube. I literally mentioned YouTube and still forgot to mention that we couldn't also be seen on YouTube. So And should be seen on YouTube. <laughs> and should be seen on YouTube. So you can listen for sure because we're going to be talking about each of these prospects. But if you are a visual learner like we are and my mm -hmm. eyes are bleeding because mm -hmm. all I've done is watch YouTube highlight tape for the past 24 hours, I would recommend checking out the show on YouTube for the first time. There you go. Shout out YouTube. All right, so let's get into it. Let's break it down like this. We have a few different position groups that could help our teams, and they're kind of grouped together as we go through these prospects. So we'll start with the receiver group. I'm sure one name, as you know, is a hybrid. Uh, I wonder what hint that is. Uh, we have offensive line as well, cornerback, and then linebacker. So we'll start with receiver first. I know, Kevin, this probably isn't the area for you. Obviously, that little hint I just dropped, I wonder who that could be every team would love to have them mm -hmm. um but these are guys who could end up in the division you yes. know looking at the giants at 11 and 12 the two alabama receivers let's start with them first because even if the cowboys don't get them at 10 which they probably won't 11 and 12 they're sitting there probably and not only could they end up in the division hurting my dallas cowboys week in and week out they're also just fun players to watch so i was very intrigued you know you and I both watch a lot of college football casually during the season, but being able to dive into the, some of their film and actually watch these guys play more keen in on them, the little things that they do. It's just, it's a pleasure to watch these two 
receivers play football. And that's probably my main takeaway from the receiver tape is Alabama was just so loaded at receiver mm-hmm. that it's hard to hyper-focus on one guy. Mm-hmm. This is a receiver room last year. It was Jerry Judy, Henry Roggs. Now they got two more first-round guys that we're about to talk about, Waddle and Smith. So it makes it very difficult when you're watching a game casually to just be like, oh, I'm going to focus on Jalen Waddle. And, you know, even before uh, Waddle got hurt, like Devontae Smith was not that big of a like household bona fide star name because he was in the shadow of Jerry Judy last year and then Jalen Waddle as well. So they just had so much talent as a casual fan. It's hard to keep track of until you watch on YouTube. All right, let's get into Jalen Waddle then. Obviously, this is Vince's guy because he wants as many Jalens on the Eagles as possible. So uh, Jalen Waddle, obviously receiver from Alabama. He's 22 years old, 5'10", 183, and he ran a 4'37" at his pro day this year in his 40. Producer Vince just brought up some of his highlights. Um, let's go through some of your positives and any negatives that you have, Aiden, and I will toss mine in there as well as we go. So okay, Jalen so Waddle. Jalen Waddle. First thing, Vince, you'll love this. There was a highlight I was watching where the Jalen Hurts threw him a touchdown. They're like, Jalen, the Jalen. And I was like, oh, God. There we go. <laughs> but I was listening to Greg Cosell break down his tape. He said he's a motion receiver, so you like to get him moving at the line, the scrimmage. Uh, we're talking – bubble screens wide receiver screens jet sweeps anything to like get his engine revved up because once it is it's really hard to catch him mm-hmm. that was my main takeaway and you look at the eagles what they're trying to do that's nick sirianni's like mo is having these quick hitters get the ball out of the quarterback's hands and let the receiver make a play it doesn't have to be you know you saw these long elongated routes from eagles receivers last year and you're like what are you doing this offensive line is terrible they can't hold up that long uh, and it's going to be a lot different this year. Waddle fits that perfectly. That second burst is fantastic. Yes. That's that's actually my first thing that I have was his – he has true second gear speed that not a lot of wide receivers have. A lot of wide receivers are burners, but he can put it into second gear and good night. And on top of that, he is so fast off the line – Mm-hmm. It's incredible. So to, to be able to put those two skills together, we're being extremely fast off the line. He gets a step or even sometimes two on his defender within the first 10 yards, putting those two things together with then a second gear top end speed. I mean, it's unbelievable. And he gets to that top end speed fast in a hurry. Yeah, I think he's different than Henry Ruggs. Because yeah. Ruggs is more straight line speed. This guy's mm-hmm. affluent. Like, I'm going to turn five yards into 15 yards in the blink of an eye if you turn your head the wrong way. And Vince, if you could pull the tape back up, uh, you don't you see deep shots on here. Like, he he's obviously very fast, so they take a lot of deep shots for him. Yeah. But also, you see a lot of these where he's just breaking away from who's ever covering mm-hmm. him because he's, he's able to make one move, whether it's a slant. Like, you're looking at this play right here. And they're going deep. Actually, yeah, this is an intermediate route, and he just beats two people. And then all of a sudden, you see the space that gets created, and he's 40 yards down the field. And a lot of it is that where it's not necessarily a bomb. They're just looking at him over the middle and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, the receivers or the defender's gone. That second burst of speed is what sticks out to me. And I also have that in my notes here on him was yak, yak, yak. He just finds Mm -hmm. ways to get yards after the catch. Um, 
and just the ran way- a play on screen real quick. Uh, he caught it. There were four Auburn defenders in the in the screen when he caught it, and. 30 yards later, there was no one around and he scored a touchdown. <laughs> that, if I could sum up him in one play, it would be that play. Yep. And uh, on top of these type of plays, the the deep shots that you said, he catches the ball in stride. He never loses speed when he's catching the ball. It is right into the hands and bang, I'm going. Um, and some other things that I saw is that he, he can still, on top of getting the speed, catching the intermediate, the yak, the long throws, he can get vertical too on defenders and catch the ball at the high point and get the tough catch on top of. And he's a, he's a good route runner. He's polished, um, and he's a great returner. I think <laughs> that's how he got hurt, obviously, last year. But, I mean, on top of being a dynamic wide receiver, he's a dynamic returner as well. That was my next point is, is there was – fantastic highlights of him being a punt returner or a kick returner he's pretty much like what regger was supposed to be and still could be but just like in basketball when you load up on shooting just load up on speed so if mm-hmm. you even it doesn't mean you give up on regger by getting this guy but i agree the the kick return and punt return stuff too we are let's, let me just make my statement i'm in i'm in <laughs> julio waddle julio waddle we are two weeks away they're going to draft this kid. I'm going to be like, you know, if he didn't break his leg, he would have been the first receiver off the board. They're really getting a steal. He was actually the best receiver at Alabama. <laughs> Jamar Chase, who? I didn't really love him that much. I didn't love You know, like Jamar Chase was good, but Waddle just had too many other mouths to feed at Alabama. That's why he couldn't compete with stats. If he didn't get hurt, he would have won the Heisman. <laughs> we are two weeks oh, from that. I love that. Did you have, before we move on, did you have any negatives about Waddle? I had two. Yeah. The only one that I had is the last time I saw him, it looked like a deer who got hit by a car and was limping off the highway. That is my only concern. I haven't seen this kid play football since he was limping all over the national championship field. And I didn't think he had an ankle ligament attached to his body. Besides the injury, I only I only saw two that are that are kind of one in the same. I saw that like if it's a one-on-one physical battle, he can lose though sometimes. And he gets he can be tackled easily in the open field, but that's if someone catches him or if, you know, someone's there. That's something he can work on, he can get stronger in the NFL. So uh, that's not something that I'm overly concerned about, especially with his speed. Me neither. I think like you said, um I think he's going to beat a lot of people just because of his route running and uh because of his burst and that actually leads in perfectly to the next Alabama receiver if you're good to go there absolutely i think there's some similar similarities in terms of what the cons are so -hmm. let's go to Devontae smith next all right so Devonta smith he is also 22 years old out of the university of alabama he is 6'1 174 a very light skinny guy that we know he ran a four two seven at his pro day heisman trophy winner he's an absolute beast and he is from louisiana so i know we got tape on devonta devonte everybody says it a little bit differently um depending on what area of the country yeah, you're from <laughs> exactly how you pronounce the a at the end it, it, it's funny too my so my first note unstoppable yeah, just, that's fair. Just looked unstoppable in college. That makes my first note seem lame. Mine was linear strider. 
Yours I mean, was unstoppable. Mine was linear strider. <laughs> oh God. Completely just unstoppable. Um, and then on top of unstoppable, my next point was that he he's extremely polished. He looks like he reminds me almost of like Marvin Harrison, the way he runs his routes. It's just he runs routes to perfection. Yeah, that's what a lot of people have been saying with the comp to Marvin Harrison, just because, you know, he's not Megatron. He's not DK Metcalf. He's not physically overbearing. He's actually really small at 170 pounds. Even our co-host Eddie is almost 170 pounds. So uh, he's not very big. But when you're that polished at route running at this young an age and you do everything 10 out of 10, does it really matter? Mm-hmm. And I think it matters a little bit, but uh, same thing with Waddle. I think the pros outweigh the cons. When it comes to this, and yeah, I I think he'll struggle a little bit with that size and with the wiry frame. Would I draft him because he didn't? Because he doesn't fill out his frame? No, I'm still drafting him. And the the, the play you just showed is one of the the uh, points that I had. He goes up and high points the ball yep. as well as any college age receiver I've ever seen. So it doesn't matter what your weight is if you're able to go up and win one on one matchups like that. And as we go through this tape here. That's a tremendous toe touch, by the way. There's a few of them like that. Like he has a, a wide array, an assortment of, of one-on-one grabs going up, high pointing the ball. So you can talk about weight all you want. There's not a lot of guys doing that. And, and just to speaking to agree with what you're saying there and going along with the tape, a few of my points that I had written down here was he can make tough catches in contact. Adjust to the ball in the air unbelievably. Great ability to make the catch and stay in bounds, which like he did right there. He just finds a way to go up, high point the ball. His concentration is second to none, and he finds a way while he's high pointing that ball to then come down in bounds. Here's here's the best way to put it if you're a team looking to draft him. You can teach weight and strength. You can put yes. a kid in the weight room. You, you can't really teach the way this kid is running routes. I mean, you can get him on a practice field and say, do it and, and run this route, but to, to perfect it like this kid has, a, you know, it's going to be impossible for people like that. So that's if you're looking to draft him, that would be one of the takeaways, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be fearful if he went to the Eagles. Or the Giants, if he ended up in this division. Because he's not going to be a Cowboy. Cowboys are not going to draft him at 10. Just doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah. I, th- I mean, he- I think at 11, I really, really, really think he's going 11 to the Giants. I think he'd be the perfect complement to Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. Galladay, whatever. Sorry. The A's with Devontae and Galladay. And it's all, I'm all fucked up. Screwed up. Sorry. Um, I can really see him going to the Giants. I could too. And I, you know, he'll be Daniel Jones's best friend. He'll make oh, Daniel yeah. Jones look <laughs> because again, oh, he's yeah. a guy where you don't have to sling it down the field. You can get it to him in under 10 yards and let him do his thing. Yeah. And they had success with that with guys like Darius Slayton, you yeah. know, turn Darius Slayton into, uh, into Devonte Smith. And I, I think you're really cooking with gas. Think of an offense with Kenny Galladay, Devonte Smith and Saquon Barkley. All of a sudden, oh, thank you. Yeah, I was about to say, all of a sudden, you're pretty scary on offense. And, like, sometimes Evan Ingram, <laughs> when he decides to focus mm-hmm. him as well sometimes. So um, that was that I really see at 11. I, I, I could see that, too. And he, a couple other things that I said I, I put in my notes here, too, that I didn't mention yet. He has great release off the line as well. 
He just the way he uses his feet and his hands at the line. We said he's an excellent route runner. He's got a plus hand eye coordination. I mean, I, I just the way he finds the ball with his eyes and can can go get it. Um, and he makes the catch at full speed. It's kind of the same thing as Waddle. Like I said, he ma- he makes the catch in stride. He he doesn't have to slow down. Even when he's coming back to the ball, I feel like to help his quarterback, he's uh, he just has this innate speed. It's more like football speed because he's not a burner. He's not a Henry Ruggs, but he doesn't need to be. He uses his speed in no. a different way. No, I think his stride catches people off guard. Like He yes. just outstrides you, and his legs aren't moving like Tyreek Hill's. But all of a sudden, then he's past you, and you're like, wait a second. How'd this guy What beat? just happened? He does like everything well to combat the weight issue that people have yes. about him. Yep. The the one I have two other things written down. One is serious. One is just I wrote down Alabama's offense. Dot dot dot. LOL. <laughs> because watching the highlights of these kids, it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's, <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's insane. It's insane. And like I said, leading into my other point before we move on is. Uh, Waddle might have won the Heisman if he didn't get hurt, and then Devontae Smith does. Like the offense was just so loaded, it's like all right, whoever we put in here is just going to just load up on stats. And Mac Jones could have won the Heisman. <laughs> Mac Jones is going to go three overall because of how good this offense was. It's astronomical. It's insane. It's wild. It, um, the, the, one last point yep. for you, because I want to see if you agree with me or not. I wrote down. I can see Waddle going ahead of Devontae Smith, despite how the year finished, because I think Waddle has the higher ceiling. That burst is what people are looking for. Speed kills. Do you agree or disagree? We saw it with Henry Ruggs being the first receiver off the board last year. People love the speed. And Waddle is a better (laughs) receiver than Ruggs is. So I'm not comparing the two of them. But yes. I was just going to say Ruggs is the fourth best receiver, which was, yes. I mean, that will forever be funny to me. (laughs) My uh, my only negatives with Devonta is, you know, not a very good blocker because of his size. But does he really have to be? Also depends no. on the the offense that he's going to go into. His strength and he he can kind of be knocked off balance sometimes if he's you know going up against a big physical mm-hmm. corner. But again, something that can be taught at the next level. Something that can be helped out in the weight room in the next level. Yeah. Not at all negatives that fear me drafting him especially in the top 12 no it's gonna hurt less now that i've already talked myself into him going to 11 of the giants i'm already mentally prepared for him scoring touchdowns against us for the next eight years i cannot wait all Um, right anything else on the alabama receivers no because i'm so excited to get to our next guy all right (laughs) i wonder who could be so we grouped him into the wide receiver group we could have grouped him into wide receivers Tight ends, demigods, whatever you like to do. Offensive linemen, linebacker, uh, point forwards on a basketball team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could play for the. He could be playing for the Nets right now since nobody else is playing for them tonight, and probably member, drop twenty five. Well, yeah, a member of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. He could be Thanos. any of these things. Kyle Pitts, tight end, hybrid wide receiver, Florida. Let's let's do it. All right, so. Kyle Pitts, he's only 20 years old, blows my absolute mind. He was born in the year 2000. I, I, I have no words to that. He's 6'6", 240 pounds, ran a 4'4'4", Florida Gators, and 
High School Archbishop Wood in Abington, Pennsylvania, not too far from either of us. I mean, first thing I have in my notes, he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body. He, that is the one thing that I had in my notes. So I had a lot of people compare him to Travis Kelsey. I compare him to Darren Waller. Waller's the best receiving threat on the Raiders, and we may have yes. touched on this before. Waller is the best receiving threat on the on the Raiders, so they split him out wide a lot, and they don't care if he has a matchup with a corner or a safety or a linebacker. They're like, let's just get him out wide because he's our best option to catch a pass. That's what you're going to see with Kyle Pitts. That was my first note. And that's exactly moving into what my second note is. He's a pure mismatch, no matter mm-hmm. where he is. Put him inside, <laughs> put him outside. I don't care who's on him. He has the mismatch. Speaking of mismatches, uh, we're watching his tape right now. He just went over a Georgia quarterback. <laughs> his and tape, as I was watching, and then it took three people to bring him down. His tape reminds me of the high school tapes of Zion when he's at Spartansburg, mm-hmm. where he was just like dunking on these small little kids. Except Kyle Pitts is playing in the SEC. Like this was just like he's playing at the highest level of college football. And you see on most of these plays, if you're watching on YouTube, and here's one of my favorite plays coming up because I think this is a play. Yeah, mm. double covered in the end zone, and he just goes up and catches it over two old Miss quarterbacks. It's like he's and double just, covered in every shot that we're watching. Like not only did he go over and catch it, he ripped it out of the cornerback's hands and said, nope, this is mine. It's the perfect combination of size and strength. We say that all the time. It's like a go-to phrase right now, but but this is, I really mean it. <laughs> this time, this is not a boy who cried wolf situation. Sound the alarms. Kyle it's, Pitts, the perfect combination of size and speed. And athleticism. He's just unbelievably, incredibly athletic on top of that. And he's he's fluid. He's agile. And he's, he's such a good catcher of the football. Like mm-hmm. He's not... He doesn't just have athletic ability like, you know, those kids on your, you know, youth team that's just like big and fast, but have no hands. And they're like, just get him out there because he's athletic. No, no, no. Yeah. He's get him out there because he's athletic, but he's skilled at the same time. And it's so scary. The combination of all of it. I give him to me now. I know. I I think he'll change the game. Like I really think he'll change how defenses approach things. And we talk about linebackers and how they're not important. You're going to need linebackers who can fly to keep up with this. And just like safeties are going to have to match up. And you're going to like, oh, now we need safeties who who are able to play at the line of scrimmage. But also you have to cover like a quarterback. Like he can literally revolutionize the game. It's fantastic. I love watching this tape. He breaks away. Oh, Miss had a day. I'll tell you what, Ole Miss had a freaking day trying to cover this kid. It's oh, not. God. This is the same game. This is just one game. All, all, everything we've just seen in these last couple of highlights are exactly what I have written down. Great at tracking the ball in the air. Comes away with difficult catches. Vertical ability lets him get up and over defenders. Comes back Here to comes the ball on. and is QB friendly. <laughs> yeah. All of that Cal just Jazz. happened in three plays. He's got a Kyle Trask is a good quarterback. I think he's underrated, but he's got to give some of his signing bonus to Kyle Pitts because this yeah. is just ridiculous. There's one, and I don't know where we're at in the highlight tape. I have his highlight tape memorized. I told you guys it might be this play coming up right here. Oh no, I saw JC Horn on on somebody else, but he does score a touchdown on JC Horn. So this is what I'm saying. Like he's making it look easy, and JC Horn is a projected top 15 pick. Uh, who could? Who could? very realistically be on either of our teams next year. 
Uh, hint, hint. We might get into J.C. Horn here, too. Yeah. That's Sertan. Like, it's like these are the guys who we're talking about to be in the NFL, and he's just like treat these kids like ragdolls. It's hilarious. Uh, so we haven't done this yet for – well, we kind of did, but outside of our division, I I really don't think he's going to be there for 10, 11, not. or 12. Um, he is not. If either of our teams want to get him, they need to go up and get him. One of our teams might have been able to get him if they just <laughs> stayed where they were. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe get the six. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> I don't know. Because, you know, if four quarterbacks go and then Peeny Swell goes at five and then, you know, Pitts is just sitting there at six, I or don't chase. know. Or Chase. Or <laughs> Chase. I'm going to end up in an insane asylum. <laughs> I don't think people will realize how badly this draft show will go on Thursday, April 29th on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. If we get the six – and Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase are still there. You will see me have a mental breakdown live on air. If one of them is absolutely going to be there, I, I think. think. Unless will. unless Atlanta takes Pitts at four and then the Bengals take Chase at five. That's the only way. But yeah, then, I don't then, think. Then you, then you would have had some well. Okay, we can't do it. <laughs> um, um, I think he's going to end up in Miami. Ready and for I think my he's going to look great in Miami. He would look great in Miami. He very much would. Him or Jamar Chase. I can see them in that teal, that Miami teal. Mm. And Tua, I'm sure he'd love to. I, that was my question. I wonder if, if Tua says, hey, can you get Jay Waddle for me again? But um, here, you ready for my bold prediction? Here is my nugget. I've been excited to share this all day. I am. I think I found something. I think I found something good. I can see him going forward to Atlanta. But if they trade out, somebody comes up for a quarterback or whatever it may be, or the team I'm about to say could trade up to get him. Um, Kyle Pitts, you mentioned, went to Archbishop Wood. He did. He went to camp at Temple prior to his junior year of high school. And that's the first time ever he worked out at tight end, which is remarkable on its own. His first scholarship offer was immediately after the camp. Like, the Temple coaches saw him play tight end for a I camp. We're going here, and we're like, "Yeah, I'm in." So Temple was his first scholarship offer ever. Their coach, who brought him into his office, personally sat him down and offered him after this camp, was Matt Rule. And then when Matt Rule left Temple, he came back as the Baylor head coach and offered him again. Matt Rule has been after this kid since he was 15 years old. He is not making it past eight with Carolina. Kyle Pitts will be a member of the Carolina Panthers if he's there at eight, and the Panthers might even move up to get him. This, he's offered him a scholarship once, he's offered it twice, and he's not going to let him get by without drafting him this time. And our good friend, friend of the program, Colin Thompson, who's also a tight end for the Carolina Panthers, was obviously offered by Matt Roll at Temple. Also was a Florida tight end first, mm -hmm. if I believe. Went to Florida first, then was offered by Matt Roll at Temple. Is now a part of the Carolina Panthers and also played his high school football at Archbishop Wood. I don't know. I was know. about to I'm say, just... it's, it's a circle of life. Archbishop Wood must be a tight end factory. They, they're just, they're a, they're a football factory for sure yeah, in Pennsylvania yeah. terms. Jeez, that's um, St. Joe's prep. Wow. Yeah. I, 
there's no way he gets past eight. You're right. It's not. I don't think he gets there. But if he does, it's one of those. It's over. Like, who's at seven? Uh, Lions? Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say they, I don't know, they take Rashawn Slater. Like, and Pitts is still there. It's like, Detroit Lions select Rashawn Slater. Rules are just like, Pitts. He's going pits. We'll take pits. He's you don't even like he's running up to the- Yeah. You, you ever do a fantasy draft and you're like and you're sitting there and there's one guy ahead of you yes. and you're like, please don't take this guy, please don't take this guy, please don't take this guy. And he chooses just like, all right, I'm gonna choose my defense. And you're like, oh thank God. Yes. And you just run up with the sticker yes. and slap it on the board in less than 10 seconds. You're like, oh thank yep. God, this is my pick. That'll be the Panthers if Kyle oh. Pitts falls to eight. Absolutely. That'll also be the Cowboys if some way he falls to 10, but he's not. That's what I was going to say. If you want him, you have to trade up. He will not be there at 10. It just won't happen. So there's obviously a lot of rumors around him and the Dallas Cowboys. We've talked about this on the show before. Jerry Jones is enamored with him, obsessed with him, in love with him. Aiden will tell you, well, just put any human's name ahead of that instead of Jerry Jones's name, uh, and we all feel the same way. Mm -hmm. So the only way Jerry's going to have a chance to get him is to trade up to four with Atlanta, I believe. And as much as I love Kyle Pitts, as much as I think he's a generational talent, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to change the game. What they would have to give up to go get him at four with the holes that they have, especially on this defense, would just be too much. You'd have to give up at least a first-round pick next year. So there goes your first-round pick for next year, plus multiple other picks. It is it is tough. Although... Much. Uh, we talked about it last time. I really think someone's going to trade up for a quarterback. Like, I just don't believe this Justin Fields hoopla and in, in in the, the bad stuff. I mean, I have to clarify. I don't believe yes. these character concerned things. No, I think we're 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 both on the same page with that. And so was Chase Senior when he was on with us last week. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins from the start. I was like, no, not don't like nope. it. Don't love him. Don't like nope. him as a player. Didn't like him as a teammate. I don't get those vibes at all with Justin Fields. No, I think no, no. I, I think someone's coming up to four. Um, so the only uh, the only negative I had for Thanos Megatron here was uh, <laughs> he might have to just improve his blocking a tiny bit. But again, that is you, you tell him. Yeah, that's that's it. So I mean, there's nothing. That's it. Uh, besides that, he's perfect. My cons were um, he didn't play badly enough against Alabama to fall all the way to 12. That's my con is I wish he would have like dropped a few passes against Alabama's defense. So he would have, I mean, that makes perfect sense. That's all I can think of. (laughs) All right. All right. You are, uh, you're listening or watching on YouTube to the birds versus boys draft prospect preview show. We have gone through the wide receivers slash tight ends. We're now going to make our way into two offensive linemen and this show of course is powered by branded sports and brought to you by delicious stateside vodka so we got to move into vince's favorite name in the entire draft let's do it let's get into the maulers we got two offensive line here and we are taking a look at peeny swell peeny swell i i every time i say that now i forget how to really say it it's i know Pene, it was a swell I literally did it the other day. I literally, instead of saying Panay Suel, I was like Peeny Swell. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. So, Thank you, Vince. <laughs> so Peeny Swell here, uh, Panay Suel. He's a uh, tackle out of 
Oregon. He was born in American Samoa. He's one of those dudes that just, you can tell, he puts the tongue out and he's just, he's ready to, to hurt people. Um, 6'6", 331 pounds, ran a 5'6", 3, which at that size, it's just, that's just stupid. <laughs> he is, so I have written down here, there's been multiple quotes. Best offensive line prospect in a decade. Mm-hmm. I can't read and react to offensive line tape as well as I can like receivers and or running backs or quarterbacks even. But you can kind of just tell watching this tape why people are so high on him. Yeah. Um, I think this is a classic case though because people he's like dra- dropping down draft boards because uh, he has short arms, so they were mm-hmm. under 34 inches, and that's not great for a tackle. This is like a classic case of examining a guy for too long. You're telling me he was one of the best tackle prospects ever, and then you measured his arms, and all of a sudden you're out? Come on. No. I I hate it. I hate those little tiny, you know. I don't know. We measured his hand, and his right-hand pinky is a millimeter longer than his left-hand pinky. Now, I think if he's a left tackle, that, that pinky strength on the right hand, having him go against guys like Clowney on the outside. I don't know if he's going to be able to hold up. Aaron Donald is just going to wreck his pinky strength. It's like, what the fuck? Shut the f- Did Watch the tape. It's <laughs> exactly how I felt watching it. And here's the thing that stuck out to me, and I know it's his best strength, is the footwork. Mm-hmm. Like, I- yeah, you can have long arms, but if you can't move your feet as an offensive line, who cares? Like uh, arm, like having shorter arms, quote unquote, shorter arms is a trait that you can make up. Having really slow feet and you can't move, uh, you can't come back from that. Like (laughs) if you're too slow, you're too slow, especially in this day and age with all these pass rushers and the different ways that they can get to the quarterback. And and so my my first positive to him beyond any of his was that he was a two year starter at left tackle. I mean, that's he would have been a three year starter if he uh, if he didn't sit out due to mm-hmm. COVID this past year. But that that soundness of starting at that level for two years at, at left tackle is unbelievable. Uh, very, very athletic. He has great upside. And like you said, he, his footwork is perfect. He's so fundamentally sound and has great technique on top of having he has a very wide base when he's set. And if you can see some. He, he has very good knee bend. And I know I, I, I've started to look at that in offensive lineman from our guy Brian Broadus, who's on the draft show. He's all about how these guys bend at the knees. And if they're like upright or bent over, it's, it's a big no no. And yeah, his arms may be short, but have you seen his like hand punch? It's mm-hmm. just like he's going to kill someone with it. <laughs> yeah, he attacks the defender. Yes. You know, it's not the defender coming at him. He attacks and is aggressive yes. and attacks the defender. And so those are the two things that stuck out. You talked about the hand punch and just him always getting his hands on the defender no matter yes. what. He is yep. going to get his hands on him. And uh, again, back to the footwork. I It's like watching Joel Embiid to take it to the um, basketball analogy where you're like someone this big probably shouldn't have this graceful footwork but that's what no. you see when you watch Shuel. like it's like these feet shouldn't be moving like this for a guy who's over 300 pounds no and that that just goes to his athleticism it's just and those feet also help him get to the second level very fast mm-hmm. so if there's no one there he's getting on a linebacker and the linebacker has no chance 
And he can also, because of his footwork and his wide stance, have you seen on his tape how many times he can take on multiple defenders at one time? Like, yeah, he, he can just and, hold up against two guys. And he also takes up a lot of space. That was the other thing I had written down. Physically menacing. Like, he's at a physical mismatch on every rep, where it was funny at sometimes where I was like, wait, is that a defensive end or a linebacker? Yep. Like, yep. He's, he's so overbearing physically that the guys who are matched up with him i mean they don't they look like d3 athletes yes there was a couple times my one and only negative was that there was a couple times he doesn't fully always finish his blocks on every play but again that's something that that's just a mentality at the next level that can be coached that's nothing that has to do with intangibles or strength or anything and the one worry that I had is Pac-12 schemes where mm-hmm. it's quick and out of your Spread. hands and like how much are you really challenged as an offensive lineman there. And one positive, all on a positive note, because this is one of the best tackle prospects we've seen, doesn't really commit dumb penalties. Yes. There's nothing more annoying than a big guy who is an oaf. I, I've seen plenty of them watching the I, Dallas Cowboys over the years. You won't be doing the Jason Peters jump back a whole foot and get a false start. You know, that's not really him. No. All right. You want to move on to our next offensive line prospect? Yeah, we're staying with the Maulers here. We're going to do Rashawn Slater next Northwestern tackle. 64304. So, unbelievable. I have him actually at 315, um, which is even even better. 22 years old, ran a 488 um, like you said, he's a mauler. This is a guy, if he's sitting there at 10 for the Dallas Cowboys, I want him. And I want him because something I have in my notes right here, he can play tackle, he can play guard. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, you plug him in at guard right now. He's on the opposite side of Zach Martin at guard. And then when Tyron Smith decides to hang it up or you decide to walk away from Tyron Smith because the injuries are getting too much. Guess what? Rashawn Slater pencil him in as your starting left tackle for the next 10 years. Yeah. This is one of the prospects when I was watching, I was like, yeah, I can definitely see this kid going to the Cowboys. I, I really think that he could benefit that team. Mauler is the word that I had written down, not just a, a good offensive tackle, uh, in terms of protection, but he like looks and hunts for contact. Yes. And you see that a little bit with both of these guys with like, all right, who am I going to hit? Like I'm yep. getting my hand out on somebody and we're watching the tape here. And this was my favorite tape because I know, I know this is good tape because he's being matched up with chase young. We're watching mm-hmm. Northwestern versus Ohio state. Chase young only had one sack this entire game. It was on Northwestern's other tackle. It wasn't on Slater. So this is as clear-cut as you're going to get as an NFL scout. You were watching him play Chase Young, who you know is good at the next level. So that was something that stuck out to me. In an NFL scenario, he performed well. Mm-hmm. And you can see on that tape, he did it against Chase Young. He's, he did it against everybody. He gets his hands up immediately. As soon as that ball snapped, his hands are up, and he gets them on his defender, and his hand placement on the defender is perfect. Every time it helps getting away with some holding penalties because he puts his hands right in the in the right <laughs> spot, as well as sometimes he doesn't have to hold because he has the perfect hand placement. So I, that was definitely something that stuck out to me. He also is another good knee bend guy and he always plays at very good pad level. So you can even see here like where his pad level is. He's not too high, not too low. It's it's just 
he has such sound technique. He's always square. And you can see right here, too, he has great lateral movement. He can move out of that stance, and he's moving to his left beautifully. Give me mover, him, please. A good mover. And I'll tell you what, he, he gets to the second level, too. Like we said, looks and hunts for contact. He's not done. He'll get to the next level. It's good for the screen game. He can move. You know, I need, I, I want a guy like this on my team that, that, like you said, goes out and hunts for defenders, wants to protect. He's good in the run game as well as definitely in the pass game. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, you just put a lot of money into your quarterback. You have a somewhat, I guess, aging running back who makes a zillion dollars a year. <laughs> Pave the lane for him. Protect your quarterback. Yeah, this defense stinks. You need cornerbacks, but they're good cornerbacks in the second and third round. There's not offensive linemen like this in the second or third round. Put the card in, Cowboys. The only the only thing, I, you know, again, he's another like, he's only 6'3", he's not that tall, and he's got, you know, shorter arms, but it's not at all stopping me from taking him at 10. Imagine having to explain that to a fan base. Well, you took this guy and he didn't pan out. And uh, Slater is so well. They're, they're Hall of Fame talents now. Why didn't you go with them? Well, we thought their arms were pretty short. Like, yeah, <laughs> imagine yeah. explaining that one. Oh, God. No, thank you. All right. That is good for the Maulers, our big guys. Let's go to some of the little guys. And not really that little for the position that they play. Let's do cornerback next. We've got two of them here as well. Yes, so let's start with the Alabama. It's our third Alabama guy. So now we're going from offense to defense. Patrick Sertan the second, 21 years old out of Florida, 6'2", 203, ran a 4-4-6. I wouldn't say head and shoulders the number one cornerback in this draft because I think our next guy who we're talking about is pretty close, but I would say is the best cornerback coming out of this draft. I think best pure cornerback is the best yep. way to describe it. Maybe physical yep. traits. We'll, we'll get into JC Horn here in a second. Maybe he's physically, athletically more gifted. But in terms of like cornerback technique, Patrick Sertan is definitely the one. And you mentioned, so I'll just go through the points that I had and then relay it to the Eagles really quick. So he's 6'2", and the Eagles always have a bunch of short corners that are 5'9", mm -hmm. 5'10". He plays long too. So you see, his, he's got long arms. So he's not just out there just 6'2 and not using that height. You can yep. see he gets his arms on a lot of balls because he can cover a lot of ground with his height and his long arms. And then also, he reminded me of Darius Slate a little bit where I was like, I don't know if this kid is just like straight up corner where he can cover well, but he actually comes up and makes tackles around the line of scrimmage. I think there's one coming up perfect timing, reads out the screen in the backfield, tackles the Auburn running back all by himself, one-on-one. -on -one. And it reminded me of like how Darius Slay wasn't supposed to be a good tackler, but it was just because he wasn't trying in Detroit. And then he got to Philly and he actually tried. Kind of reminds me of that. I didn't expect him to be that physical, but he does play around the line more than I thought. So he's basically opposite of everything the Eagles have. <laughs> I actually, so I have those in my notes as well. Good tackler and can play the run. Um, can come up and, and tackle a running back or tackle a, a wide receiver after a bubble screen. He uses his size, too. He is a physical corner. He's more physical than I thought um, he was when I watched his film, which I was very happy about. He's good in press coverage at the line. That's what Alabama does. He's been playing that for years in Alabama. He can stand up a wide receiver right at the line. And he's physical all the way through the route. 
he likes to kind of beat up on the receivers during the routes. And I think that kind of gets to receivers. You can see as the game goes on, some receivers just are just done with it because he's, he's beating them up at the line and then he's physical with them throughout the entire route. He also, this is a huge thing for me for cornerbacks. He has very good hip flip. So he can go from his back pedal right into running seamlessly with his flip or with his hip flip. And he's good in coverage on crossing routes, which is huge in the NFL these days too. They get the crisscrossers. He is phenomenal at staying with his receiver as they're crossing. And the thing that is most important to me if he becomes a Dallas Cowboy because it's something that the cornerbacks in Dallas have not done in forever I, I you know they just i don't know if they don't teach it or what he turns his goddamn head and locates the ball <laughs> and can get a turnover like please pick the ball off every once in a while and sertan will bring that to the dallas cowboys or to any team that he's drafted by turning your head the corners <laughs> are allowed to do that uh, it's unbelievable right w- wouldn't have known watching my team me either I- <laughs> neither of us are, are too well prone to no. uh, watching receivers turn their head. But uh, I think why he'll be corner number one off the board. You mentioned it. They play a lot of man at Alabama. He's well-schooled. It's this mano mano technique where he can just go up with the receiver, stick with them, and play stride for stride. Doesn't commit penalties because he's 6'2". He can bail himself out. So I think he'll be cornerback one off the board. I do agree. Uh, only negatives that I saw is, yes, he's very physical and press at the line, but he can be beaten by speed off the line, like a guy like Jamar Chase, who kind of beat him up a little bit in that game oh. against LSU. Um, you want to get into Chase that? Jamar Chase beat up everybody. Jamar Chase, yeah, I, he also Trayvon Diggs, who's literally in the NFL, cooked them. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. And he can be beaten by ball fakes sometimes. Uh, some pump fakes when his head's turned can, can take him down. But, yeah, I mean – he played, speak of Trevon Diggs, Dallas Cowboys. He was their second round draft pick last year. If the Dallas Cowboys select him this year, Sertan, then they have the Alabama backfield from last year. There so, you go. Put him back together. I wish I could get the uh, Eagles receiving core, or I'm sorry, the LSU receiving core from 2019. That, that would <laughs> if you guys have the uh, 2019 Alabama corners. But no, I think technically sound, he is the best corner in the draft by far. Helps when your dad was also a cornerback. I was just going to say, I, I'm, <laughs> his dad was, you know, and he's bigger than his dad. His dad was 5'11". He's 6'2". He's 6'2", yeah. I wonder if his mom is tall or an uh, athlete. Let's see. Pamela Sertan, looking her up right here. You look her up and I'll give my prediction, but I already gave it a few shows ago. I really see him in that Broncos orange with Sertan on the back of the jersey. You really, really see it. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I I don't. Everybody keeps saying, like, this is the Cowboys pick. Pencil it in. This is who they want. This is who they're keying in on. This is who they need. Just makes sense. Everybody has him as the 10th best player, blah, 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 blah. If there's not a quarterback sitting there for the Broncos at nine or they don't move up to get a quarterback it just makes too much sense Mm -hmm. even if Kyle Pitts is sitting there somehow which he's not going to be they're a quarterback 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 factory like you said yeah yeah and they they just took a first round pick on Noah Fant so they yeah. might be the one of the only teams that's not in the Kyle Pitts sweepstakes. I definitely can see Sertan there. 
Let's do his running mates, if you want to call him, in the race four. Cornerback one, we have J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. 21 years old, 6'1", 205, ran a 4-3-7. I mean, first thing, I mean, Joe Horn was the man. (laughs) That's a great first point. Like uh, his dad brought out the cell phone, one of the greatest celebrations of all time. And it's starting to make me feel very old when uh, players that I watched religiously as I was younger and, and remember their game very much. So now their kids are coming into the league. So uh, that's Asante a negative Samuel for Jr. Me. Yeah. Asante Samuel Jr. As a cornerback is going to go day two. Wild, right? It's a lot insane. of these guys have kids very young, but still wild. I know it's not helping our cause. It's making no. us feel old. Um, so my first couple things with him was uh, again, a very athletic, great size for a corner at, at six one. He also has very good hip flip just like Sertan does. And we said Sertan's very physical, right? He uses his size, but horns more feisty. Like you could tell he likes to mix it up, right? He wants to just, he wants to tackle these motherfuckers. He wants to hurt people on top of trying to pick the ball off. Now that, I, I did say in a negative, that can get him in trouble sometimes. He does draw penalties. Don't love that in the NFL, but I love his moxie mentality. I had very similar points. So I wrote 6'1", 205, another taller, bigger cornerback. So pretty much the opposite of what the Eagles always do. He looks bigger than Sertan, and he plays bigger than Sertan, mm-hmm. which was what stuck out to me. I was like, are you sure which guy's 6'2", yeah. which one's 6'1", and which yep. one has this weight, and which guy has this weight? Because it didn't look like it on tape. Oh. He, he looks physically more overbearing than than Sertan does, and he plays like it too. Um, maybe it's a South Carolina thing, but you hope he turns into um, Stefan Gilmore Light, uh, dreadhead guy out of South Carolina. That's the hope. And you can see the physicality he play. He like enjoys contact and confrontation plays yeah. around the line of scrimmage a lot. As we're doing this, he's sacking Sam Howell out of North Carolina on a blitz. So he kind of roves everywhere. Now, like you said, the negative is when you're that physical, sometimes physicality can be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It can be, but he does still turn his ball or turn his head and locate the ball like Sertan does. So, that's not the reason why he gets a lot of penalties. Um, he's hey, good at tracking it's his hands. It's his hands. Exactly. It's exactly. But his hands also are very good. That We just saw that there at knocking the ball down. He may not always get the pick, but he always is getting his ball, his hand on the ball, which, which I love. And I don't know if you notice this in his tape. He sometimes is playing against bigger wide receivers, but he never, it, again, it's that feist. I feel like he loves that. Like uh, going against a DK Metcalf in the NFL, I feel like he's going to thrive on that. He never backs down, it seems like. And he does, on top of having just the physical traits and the size, he has an explosive burst that I don't think Sertan has either. He has some speed. I was about to say, yeah. Uh, the, the thing I that know, stuck out. Yeah, it, so Sertan ran a 4.46. Four, he ran a 4.37. But it, it's just it's different football speed. I, I agree. But, but to me, again, back to your physicality point, I can see him lining up like going mano a mano with a wide receiver one who's 6'3 or 6'4. 
and not struggling, maybe putting his hands on too much, which again is a worry. And I saw somebody today from PFF say, he, and I thought this was pretty insane, that they said he might not even be a first round guy because he he's too physical. And I just think that's a little bit so ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah, I don't I don't see that at all. Like I don't see bust on him. No, but. no, no, no. There's no because on top of the physicality too, I have this written here too. He stays in the wide receiver's hip pocket the entire route. So he I mean he has the intangibles and knows how to play cornerback. He's not just like a you know a Neanderthal out there just trying to hit people every play. Like he knows how to play the cornerback position. He just uses his physicality a little bit more than some other cornerbacks do. Yeah, so there's a difference. There's two types of penalties. It's one, you're putting your hands on somebody because you panic. And two, it's because you're overly physical. He's not panicking. No. This guy physically is, is can match up with anybody and did in the SEC. It's just he physically gets a little bit too excited, a little bit too carried away, and is putting his hands on guys. But it's not and because guess he's out of position. You can coach that at the next level. A good yeah. defensive coordinator, a good position coach can help him get past that. I agree. I agree. And that actually leads into the last point that I had. So I, I wrote down Sertan looks like he was built and he plays like he was built in a cornerback factory. Horn is more of a freakish physical athlete. Yes. I think Sertan, he goes anywhere and he'll be fine. Horn needs the right system and he can turn into an absolute monster. So this is the classic risk reward floor versus ceiling situation, or maybe Horn has the higher ceiling but Sertan has the lower floor. Now, I think for the Cowboys' perspective, if Sertan and Horn are both sitting there, I don't know why. I just feel like Dan Quinn would want to go with Horn. He likes those physical in-your-face corners. You think back to the Legion of Boom, the Seattle days when they won the the World Series, won the Super Bowl. Um you know, even Richard Sherman back then was was physical up at the line. Mm -hmm. I, he just, yes, yeah, Sertan's a little bit bigger. But like we just said, Horn plays bigger, if that makes any sense. And I think Dan Quinn, if he has any say within the building, which apparently he has a big say already, um, wow. at, because he is a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. Um, yeah. And apparently they they love him. I, I do like him as a coordinator. Didn't like him as a head coach. And that sometimes is the same thing with Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips came to the Dallas Cowboys as their head coach. Was a terrible head coach. He's a great defensive coordinator. So, you know, I'm hoping he can revive his career. But if both cornerbacks are there, both cornerbacks are there, gun to the head, who are you taking? You had to take a corner. Sertan, less yeah, risk. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that the Eagles just can't screw up the pick. They, they're in a position where if the front office wants to keep their jobs, they have to take the less risky option. Does that mean I think Sertan will be better? I don't know. But if you're asking me who the team's taking and beat Sertan, if both are there at 12, I'm just trying to see, like, like you said with Sertan, I could, I could see him like in the, in the Broncos orange, which you're right. I'm just trying to think like, where could I, like, where does horn look like new Orleans? Like with Lattimore, yeah, I can see that. He Maybe, looks like uh, one of those New Orleans. Yeah, I can see him on the Cowboys. I can't Rams. see him as an Eagle. I can't. No. I see him with the like uh, 
opposite Ramsey. Um, yeah, just like those get up in your face guys. Buffalo. Buffalo, but they, yeah, they'll pick too they late need, though. Yeah, yeah, he won't be there. Don't let the Steelers. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, do no. not let this kid fall at twenty. Oh, we know he falls there. And I mean, we're not talking about Caleb Farley, but obviously Horn jumped up to CB two on most people's draft boards because Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, who was on some people's draft boards as CB one, even over Sertan came out with the back injury. Um, He did not play this past year. He had a back injury that ended, I believe, his 2019 season, missed the last two games of the season, and just came out that he had another back procedure to relieve you know, pressure in his back. But he didn't play this entire year, and he needed a back procedure. Red flags are everywhere. And, you know, I was listening to – our guy Jeff Cavanaugh on the draft show. You probably heard this too. He dropped him all the way down to cornerback eight for him on his. I ranking. saw that in his power rankings, which is pretty wild. I don't think I have him down to eight, but that's a long way to go. Eight's a long mm-hmm. way to drop. But mm-hmm. listen, as someone who's been burned by the injury route before, I'm not going to knock anybody for not taking him. No, but uh, you know, I, I'm not upset with Horn now being CB2 after watching his tape. He deserves it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I love the physicality. All right. We got one more player on the board. We saved the best for last. Hashtag Aiden's favorite. Hashtag Team Team Micah, Micah. baby. So Micah Parsons out of Penn State, linebacker, 21 years old, 6'3", 245, ran a 4-3-9. This is not fair. Completely insane Athletic ability is my first note. Listen, I didn't even watch the tape. I have it memorized in my head. I've seen every rep since this kid was in high school. He is a physical specimen who, if Kyle Pitts weren't in this draft, we'd be saying Micah is the best athlete in the draft. And every step along the way, as soon as you give him more responsibility, he delivers. So in, in high school, he played defensive end and running back. And then they were like, okay, well, at at college, you have to adjust and play linebacker. So he did, and he was freshman, all Big Ten. And then they were like, okay, you're not splitting reps anymore. As a sophomore, you have to play full-time linebacker, and you have to call the plays. And he was all Big Ten, and he led the team in tackles. So if you're curious if he'll adjust to the next level, he will. Uh, Because some people are just naturally talented like that, and this is him. And all those things kind of go with my notes on top of, like I said, completely insane athletic ability, which it's just unbelievable. He's pure explosiveness. He he's fast in every direction, like side (laughs) to side, backwards, forwards. He's just fast. It's just it's stupid. I think the Uh, burst like really screws people up, too, because they don't expect it. Like it's like you're coming at him and you're like, oh, wait, what do I do? I think he almost freaks people out by how fast he is. And he, and he can he can move on a dime. So he can be going laterally and bang, he's he's coming at you with that burst straight ahead if needs if he needs to be. And he causes turnovers, which mm-hmm. I feel like as a linebacker is so important. Sack fumble, stripping a running back coming up the middle. Like he he does it all. And he does it with just just violence. Mm-hmm. He's just violent. 
So, Vince, before you take the tape away, here's what I'm noticing on the tape. And like I've said, I've watched every game I know. There's a lot of these plays where no blocker is touching him. And you know what that says? It means, one, he's reading and reacting and knowing where the ball is going. And two, he has such a ferocious burst that he's getting to the ball in a hurry before people can react at the same time and block him. There's yep. so many plays in here where there's just no one even touching him. Like that for on this fourth and one where you know you're running it, you still couldn't get a hand on him. It's just again as, another play on it. There's just like a missed block. He knew where the play was going, he knew which side it was going to. They missed the block. He gets he's untouched tackling the running back. And he never loses momentum. Like mm-hmm. if he's even if someone does get one hand on him, he just that burst just goes through it. Or if he has to change that direction, his momentum just carries him perfectly forward. I think right here is going to be, yep, his ability to play up the field is unbelievable, whether it's going after the quarterback, making a tackle behind the line, or at a, you know, on a goal line situation. It's just, you know, makes me want to stay at a VRBO. <laughs> <laughs> Great effort. No free advertisements. <laughs> All um, right, something I back. saw too that that I love is he's he's competitive on every single snap. I don't ever see him just mm-hmm. like take a snap off ever. No. And you see, like he mentioned, it's all over the field. So one, he can blitz from the linebacker position and put pressure on the quarterback. Two, he he can read and react to the running plays. And three, he's fast enough that he can cover tight ends. So I know that the the tight end and position isn't in running backs. He literally was a running back mm-hmm. in kick returner. So uh, I know people devalue the linebacker position these days, <clears throat> the Eagles. But this kid's like more than just like a linebacker. And if you're one of these teams who are just bad and you have a lot of holes to fill, why not just, even if it's a position that you don't care about in linebacker, if you have a lot of holes, why not just go get the most athletic and most naturally gifted player on the board? Like if I'm the cat, if I'm, I am, if I am, I am a Cowboys fan. If they took him at 10, I would not be mad. If that gets Jalen Smith off the field, thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think uh, I can see Micah playing in the Cowboys blue and uh, I almost said blue and green, blue and white. I can't see him on the Eagles. Unfortunately, it hurts my heart, breaks it into a million pieces. I feel like Adam Sandler in Fifty First Dates when he realizes that she can't remember him, my heart is broken. But they don't care about linebackers, and I think that's a mistake because this isn't just a linebacker. He's the key to guarding tight ends, blitzing, getting pressure on the quarterback, which they care about so much in being able to stop the run. One last point on him I forgot to mention. Something I've looked into a lot is miss rate on tackles, which seems like a stat that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like researching it, and I guess people in, who are smarter than us pay a lot of attention to it. Um, so it's like miss rate on tackles. He was under 10%, which for a linebacker is really, really good. So he's not only just bursting to the ball, but then he makes the play when he gets there. He's not, I don't think he's going to go top 10, but he deserves to go top 10. I feel like if in any other draft where there wasn't four quarterbacks going in the top four, he would have yeah. a shot. I was about to say this the quarterback thing kind of skews the talent, which helps the team at 10 to 12 when you mm-hmm. don't need a quarterback. But yeah, I, I think you are correct. This is a top 10 talent. He, Mel Kuyper had him fifth on his board before the season started, but it's really just the fact that four, it's going to be four straight quarterbacks and possibly five in the top 10 that really skew this thing. 
He's going to be a Raider. I can see that. I can really right. see it. Oh, yeah. Just just in that silver and black, just if it, hunting yeah. people. Mm-hmm. If if uh, if the Patriots do not make a move for Justin Fields, please do not let this kid fall to 15. Please do not give him the Bill Belichick. I am oh, begging. God. I am begging. If you're from Buffalo, you should be begging. If you're from Miami, you should be begging. Please do not let this kid get there. If you're Zach Wilson, you're begging. <laughs> yeah, if you're Zach Wilson, you're begging. Please, New York. Can you imagine getting your Zach Wilson? You go number two, you're going to the Jets, you're all happy, and then 15. The first pick, New England Patriots select Micah Parsons. Mother. <laughs> Keeping up with the tradition of the New York Jets seeing ghosts when they play the New England oh, Patriots. Oh, gosh. He would just be like, ah. Uh... You want to you want to trade me for Sam Darnold? I'll go down to Carolina, right? Yeah, make it a little easier. Throw to Kyle Pitts is going there at eight because huh. Matt Rule. There you go. All right. So, anything else on Parsons? No, I mean he's just the best. He's a stud. He's a freak. I would take him every day and twice on Sunday on the Cowboys. The only the only I thing wish. that people are knocking him on, you know, he sat out the year. I don't know if he can be trusted as a teammate. Are they are they saying that about? Well, Trey Lance didn't sit out because they didn't really have a season. But there's other guys. Yeah, Jamar Chase sat out. Yeah, Jamar. Exactly. There you go. I haven't heard that Pene once Suel. about Jamar Chase. Suell. Nay Suell sat out. No one says a thing. Nope. But for some reason, it's that character Micah character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I like know a good amount, and it's like I I'm not worried. And you're it's and you're overcomable not overcomable stuff. This and is not, not an Aaron Hernandez situation. You're you're not someone also that, you know, if someone if you knew he beat up like seven guys, you'd be like, that's nah, fine. You'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I, so, I would I'd cut it with you straight. I'd be like, I don't know if you want to touch this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that was fun. It was a lot of fun. I love doing the draft prospect talk. It's great draft coming up. We're so close. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more, but for now, that was a lot of fun to break these prospects down. It was, and and they're like we said, they were fun prospects to watch too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. They've got a lot of great tape. I know. I just stick to strictly YouTube watching the games, but I don't do the all 22. But even then, it's a lot of fun. It gets your juices flowing. Makes you miss college. Makes you miss the pros at the same time. Now, now, do we have a Vince's nugget on one player um, that Vince could break down? He does. So we'll bring Vince in, and then we'll do that and do our TikTok and get out of here. Perfect. So, Vince, come on back in. I know you have your nugget. You want to break down a prospect for us as well on the draft preview show. I do. I couldn't be the only one that I'm breaking down prospects today. So I'm bringing you Presley Harvin the third, senior from Georgia Tech. Uh, so he's a punter, not a kicker. I wanted to switch it up this week. Uh, 48 yards per punt, 18 inside the 20, three touchbacks, 46.7% bear catch forced. So that, that is Presley Harvin the third. 18 inside the 20 seems like a That's, lot. Like that actually yeah. seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Also, really cool name. Very, very close to Percy Harvin, but also just like the complete opposite person, I'm sure. Because <laughs> he punts. Because he punts and. Harvin was one of the best punt returners of all time. Mm-hmm. Ever. Maybe we'll do a TikTok that is a uh, best college players of all time. That, yeah. I like that. 
most exciting right now, prospect. Prepare for that. No, not right now. Right now, we are doing top five tight ends in the NFL. So we're going back to the NFL. We did kickers last week. Thank you to everybody who chimed in on Twitter or on TikTok. We loved your comments uh. on t- kickers in the NFL. Love the spirited debate about kickers. Mm-hmm. So we'll do tight ends tonight. We'll do our normal triangle five to one, five being um, the least, one being the most. So five best tight ends in the NFL. You guys ready? Yeah, yeah I'm sure there's going to be a lot of arguing about this too. I, again, if you're here from TikTok, these lists are official. This is the final say. These are official. <laughs> don't say, don't say. Well, what about so and so? Well, nope. what about him? He wasn't in yeah. the top five. He's not here. <laughs> yeah, not we'll here. do six. Through, we'll do six through ten next time. They'll make it. Next they'll week. make it on that list. Yeah. What yep, about Hayden exactly. Hurst? <laughs> I don't have him on my list. He's out. He's Sorry. Sixth. <laughs> All right. Yeah, anybody start. that they say, be like, oh, six. Six. That's what I do. I go, ah, maybe six. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do right. this. I'll start it off at five. I have Noah Fant. I think with better quarterback play, he'd be fantastic. Uh, he still is as it is. He was injured, but he was already producing as rookie at five. I have Fant. We have the same brain at number five. I have Noah Fant. At number five, I have Taysom Hill. Uh, I think I think a tight end that's a dual threat is, you know, because like you said, Kyle Pitts, you know, versatile tight end that can do two different things. It's important. There you go. Very true. One of the best fantasy weeks ever was playing him at quarterback while he was listed as a tight end. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. At four, I have Kyle Pitts. We mentioned him in the show. Fantastic. <laughs> Kid is an absolute physical mismatch. Made kids in the SEC look like JV scrubs in high school. Perfect combination of size and speed. He doesn't have a team yet, but when he does, he'll be one of the best tight ends in the league right off the bat. I don't know if you saw the ticker. I already put him in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Get his gold jacket now. At number four, I have from the Baltimore Ravens, Mark Andrews. But do a little cross out here, Vince. Because after next year, he will be taken off this list and replaced by Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Do a little cross. Uh, so for now, it's Mark Andrews, but later it's going to be Kyle Pitts. I, I don't. That's a lot to type, and you know, get a little bit. Of Figure it out. <laughs> Figure I'll, it out. I'll try. <laughs> um, so at number four, again, dual threat. I have JJ Watt. <laughs> Did get your touchdown. That's what I'm saying. Great tight end. He would be any explanation. No, I think the dual threat thing is really important. Okay, fair enough. Versatile player. All right, at three, I have Travis Kelsey. The numbers speak for himself. He'll go down as one of the best tight ends of all time. The Kansas City offense will go down as one of the greatest offenses of all time. At three, I have Travis Kelsey. At three, I have Darren Waller. Like we said before, dude is a complete freak. You can play him on the outside. He's basically a wide receiver in a tight end's body, just like Kyle Pitts is. Three for me, Darren Waller. Three for me, I have Carson Wentz because the Eagles wouldn't have kept lining him up out there if he wasn't one of the greatest tight ends of all time. They wouldn't have kept doing that for absolutely no reason if he wasn't a great tight end. Yeah, why would they do that 10 on 11 play for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> All right. At two, I have Darren Waller. 
Now, you're probably saying, why is he ahead of Travis Kelsey? Where I think if he was put in a better environment, you would see similar stats to Kelsey. I just think that the Chiefs' offense is so good. We comped Pitts to Darren Waller because he can split out wide. He kind of beats people with his physical physicality and his speed, beats corners, safeties, linebackers, whoever is pitted against him. He's basically a hybrid receiver tight end. Two for me is George Kittle. Uh, dude is a complete freak. The only reason I don't have him at one is because he had a awful, awful April Fool's joke where he tweeted out that he was now part of the Jacksonville Jaguars in a jersey. It just made no sense. So uh, very good player, very bad um, sense of humor. I think a lot of players are like that. Riley Cooper, you know, I can name a few more. Number two, I have Kyle Juszczyk. Um I know he's not officially a tight end, but he is, you know, just brick wall versatile guys. Versatile player. Yeah, versatile player. Catches a few passes. Mm-hmm. Brick wall that can catch balls. It's a tight end to me. That's a saying for you. Brick wall that can catch balls. All right, at one, I have George Kittle. You know, I think we forgot about him a little bit because he had an injury-riddled season, but I think he's the toughest tackle in national football league he is a physical mismatch on every single play and he we're talking reception volume out the wazoo he is fantastic i think he's the best tight end in the league and will be this year with mac jones so number one for me is dallas goddard no i'm just kidding it's travis kelsey um travis kelsey has to be one for me the numbers speak for themselves I, I could have him at two or even three, just like you did with Waller and Kittle. I think they're all so close, but I just feel like what he's done recently, uh, he deserves the top spot. All right. At number one, versatile player, I have tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, LeBron James. I've been hearing for years about how this dude <laughs> would be an amazing tight end for the Cowboys. So he must be the greatest tight end in the league. Would be. He probably would be. He might flop a little too much, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, he'd ask for pass interference and everything. This is play. this is American football, not European football. There, LeBron, Vince. Can thank you for. Pool. Can you imagine LeBron getting chipped and just like him completely no. taking himself out of the play, being like, "Where's the call?" Do you think NFL fans would be like, "Oh, LeBron couldn't have played in the '80s and '90s like oh, they yeah, do with absolutely. basketball"? Absolutely, <laughs> he couldn't have played the National Football League in the 1980s. He would have got his head taken off going across the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He would have never hung out of this ball. All right, Vince, thank you very much. Nope. All right. That was fun. That was great. That puts a wrap on the draft preview show presented by Stateside Vodka. Like we said, we'll be back next week and weeks to come with guests. But for now, we're going to break down these prospects ahead of the draft itself. Speaking of the draft itself, as you know, we have the draft show. We'll be live streaming. So all these guys' names, as they are called, we will be reacting live. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you can find us, we'll be there. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Stateside Vodka. Thank you to Kyle Pitts for producing the greatest film of all time. And thank you for to Micah Parsons for putting Harrisburg on your back. Drink Stateside Vodka. Draft good players. We'll be back next week. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here. And I hate it. Yep. Idiots. 
Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Studio. is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching.